Welcome to Sound and Vision. Conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylic paints. They manufacture the Williamsburg line of artist oil paints, core watercolors, and some of the best mediums for your paint you can get. Founded in 1980 by Sam Golden and based out of New Berlin, New York, it's an employee-owned company that is committed to making the best products for you to use in your studio. You can find out more about Golden on their website, goldenpaints.com, or in your local art store. Sound Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum Coffee is a Seattle-based full-service wholesale coffee roaster and retailer with over 25 years of experience. Their deeply personal relationships, collaborations, and services they provide transform how customers experience and enjoy coffee. You can order their coffee, which comes in many different blends, roasts, and you can even get a subscription service where they deliver different blends to your doorstep. You can find all that at fulcrumcoffee.com. Why I Make Art, Contemporary Artist Stories About Life and Work, the Sound of Vision podcast book is available wherever you get books, through the publisher at Altelier Editions, at Artbook, online, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you can find books. Google says 30 illuminating profiles of working artists sharing the influences and experiences that inspire them to create art in America today. This book explores the practices and life stories of artists across multiple mediums, including painting, photography, sculpture, land art, and more. Check out the book, Why I Make Art, and support the Sound and Vision podcast. Michelle Blade is an artist born in Los Angeles who makes paintings and drawings documenting time, closely examining the stillness, strength, and persistence of the natural world and our relationship to it. Recent exhibitions include her solo show The Blue Horse at Loyal Stockholm and Into the Forest at Wilding Cran Gallery in Los Angeles. Some recent group exhibitions include When the Sun Loses Its Light at Blum and Poe, High Voltage 3 at the NASA Melandau Project in Tel Aviv, Machines of Desire at Simon Lee in London, If You Forget My Name I Will Go Astray at Anat Ebke Gallery in Los Angeles, and My Secret Garden at the Asia Art Center curated by Amelia Yin and Melanie Oyang. She's also exhibited at Anat Ebke Gallery in Los Angeles, La Loma Gallery in LA, The Pit in LA, Wow Gallery in Hong Kong, Make Room in Los Angeles, F2T Gallery in Milan, the Center for Contemporary Arts in Santa Fe, Jack Hanley, Roberts and Tilton in Los Angeles, and the Torrance Art Museum in LA. Michelle's work has been featured in the New York Times Magazine, the LA Times, the Paris Review, Juxtapose, the California Sunday Magazine, and Art Maze. She has a BA from Loyola Marymount and an MFA from the California College of the Arts in San Francisco. I spoke with Michelle about California, painting and parenting, fluidity and existentialism, DJing, and much more. Here's our conversation. You seem like you're doing, 
you look not fatigued like <laughs> two times fatigued. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean i'm there i think like every 20 times a day i'm like i'm tired i'm tired i'm tired yeah <laughs> it's like a mantra but uh at the same time i i feel good i have a lot of stuff driving me right now so that's good I, yeah yeah i'm not i'm not complaining i don't need to I feel good yeah and you're you're in la right I'm in LA. I'm in Pasadena. Have you ever not mm-hmm. been in LA? Yeah, I've had periods where I've moved away, but I've kind of always come back. Like I lived about almost a decade in the Bay Area in San Francisco and in Oakland. Oh, right. oh for school, I, you went to school there, right? Yeah, yeah, I did my my grad school work up there, um, and then I lived in Portland for about three years, like right before the pandemic. And then oh, that seemed like a both great times, time like in between. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that when it was on fire? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was, when it was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it was so good that Portland's it's it's so uh it's so beautiful. I've only mm-hmm. had passing stints, you know, of just mm-hmm. going through, but like I used to play music and when our band played there they were always great shows. And a little co- Oh yeah. Little kooky. Like the venues People were never show up for shows oh, there. Yeah, they yeah. came. Yeah. We yeah. played one show I don't know what the hell the place was like a theater or something i don't know Uh it was a weird it was not the normal venue you know what i mean which is like crappy dive bar so this place was kind of cool it was a weird theater and this band played before us and it was kind of like performance art slash music with like a japanese dancer and it was wild it was really cool yeah this is different oh that's great it seemed very portlandy yeah portland has a lot of (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of that it's good (laughs) it's rich but that was basically it. So you've never spent any time off the West Coast? No, never, never made it, never did the move to the East Coast. I, I don't think I have what it takes. Uh, what? Like a, just a, the, a disregard I'm a, I'm like for West your <laughs> 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 I need like more grit. I know. I'm like, I'm very, very West Coast. I think anyone that meets me is like, oh yeah, you're, you're West Coast. <laughs> I don't have the demeanor. Um, I can't. I can't cut it. Uh, Even when I, I visit New York, I try like uh, as often as I can. And after like a week, I come home and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> thank God, <laughs> thank God. I got out. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. Oh. I know you. It's you get stuck here and you just you get convinced, you know, of something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got its great parts, but it's got a oh, lot so of many. crap too. Yeah. <laughs> like anywhere, <laughs> every. Everywhere, right? Portland. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so great stuff. LA? Mm-hmm. I've been there. Great 100% stuff. 100% great stuff. No, one, one Oh, it's 110? <laughs> oh, damn, I'm, I'm such a, I'm such an Angelino. Like, uh, I'm like third generation here. I have so much Los Angeles pride. It's just like bursting. Uh, so don't, don't say a bad word. <laughs> uh, well, it's like, you know, I recently talked to Rafi about this. Like, you know, the during covid so much of it became like in new york it was like tumbleweeds and a ghost town and it was like everything was falling apart and boarded up and now it's like la is like everyone's moving out because like it's getting like the homeless situation there's no water there's all these issues and you know you know that it's being played up but you know it's real it's real but but yeah Yeah. things are happening it's a struggle in a lot of cities yeah Yeah, definitely i know Mm -hmm. in america Anyways, on a lighter note, <laughs> so um, what part of, uh, maybe you mentioned it, what part of L.A. did you grow up in? 
Uh, I grew up in Los Feliz, a little area called Los yeah, Feliz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've always kind of like been on this side of the city um, and around. And now, yeah, now I'm in Pasadena towards Altadena, like up kind of near the mountains. It's right. real pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And were your parents lifers or did they move there? Uh, born and raised. Born wow. and raised in L.A. also. How yeah. deep does this go? Yeah. How many generations? Uh you know, I think my uh, my grandfather on my dad's side moved here when he was, like, very young. So that was kind of the beginning. So it doesn't go all that deep, but, where, you know. Where did he come from? Oh, he came from, like, like uh, kind of, like, Midwest. And then my mom's parents came from Arizona, kind of, like, on a cattle ranch. Not too far. Yeah. Still, still kind of west. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So um, were your parents yeah. in creative fields? at all no 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 um they're pretty conservative um i think i surprised them uh <laughs> i actually actually like if i scan out and look at like all of the the family tree like i, I can't find another one quite like me oh um, really i think You're the anomaly? yeah 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 the creative so. egg mm-hmm. yeah well, what did they do was, yeah. was, was it just like they are my dad has a chain of restaurants uh and he's now my uh, my sister is his business partner and they've ran those since he i mean he put himself through college um doing fries at mcdonald's and then worked his way up and then bought his first franchise and then expanded off of that and yeah his well, entire not, life that's not super buttoned up or like you know there's some creativity to oh n- no life uh, I mean it's nothing it's not a criticism they just didn't grow up in the arts or we didn't go to museums when I was young they didn't they don't follow art Uh, well that's just unacceptable (laughs) 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 I mean yeah you know it made it I don't you know what it just happened I just found I found my own way I just yeah you know I don't know if it was like that I know that you started with like music and I don't know if you found that on your own or if you had a creative family but um, no, I, well, my mom used to coloring coloring books, but I think okay. around around my neighborhood there was an artist, or, you know, like there was glimpses of it, and then mm-hmm. like I went to the museum when I was in school, and I was like, whoa, what is this place? You know, there were like little hints, yeah. but it took me a while yeah. before I could like. I was in college before I even thought, oh, this is something people do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I was like self-proclaiming. It's all I wanted to do since I was old enough to hold a crayon. That's it so was cool. Just like, yeah, I just always kind of knew. Um, and my parents were really great about it. They always would sign me up for art classes and encourage me. I did like I would take weekend art classes at Art Center out here, like oh, all wow. the way from like middle school through high school. And yeah, I was always taking like summer classes at Otis or just yeah. I never wanted to do anything other than this. And then it was. I think it shocked me or. I don't know, shocked my parents too when when it came time to go to college. They were like, anything but art. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, you've been <laughs> like, facilitating? Yeah. I know. So for college, I went to school for graphic design. Because uh, uh, the they were worried I was going to make a living. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's the, uh, which, it's the in way, you know, it's it's the, the broker deal with the parents. It's like, well, I want to do something artistic. I'd like to be in art, but this will mm-hmm. pay the bills. Yeah, and I can take all the electives and like live in the dark room or like painting right. studio or whatever. And yeah, so it, it worked. So but, the uh, side hustle. It's like don't tell anyone. I'm painting at <laughs> <Yeah>. night. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. Photoshop by uh, day, InDesign by day, oh, and like InDesign. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I think I made it not even a full year out at a college, like doing graphic design. And I was like, oh, it's, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. It's like, all I want to do is paint. And I think at that time I, I met someone that was in the uh, program at UCLA here. And I, I had never really seen an art studio, like someone's proper like painting right. studio or, or any kind of setup like that. And uh, I walked into his studio and was like, oh, dang, I want this. Wait, how old were you when that happened? Well, like, I was, like, fresh out of undergrad, so, like, 20, 21. Well, that late. Well, isn't that how old you are when you graduate? No, no, I meant... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, wrong question. Oh, to see a studio. That late to see, like, a full-on studio. Yeah, yeah. See, we had a flip. Because the guy down the street from me, Phil Savato, had, like, a, a whole building... And his art studio was on the top floor in his gallery. He, like, had his own gallery, basically. And uh, so I got to go up there and, like, meet him and, and help clean his studio and stuff. And th- and then I saw, like, a real working <sighs> artist. But then I never got, like, I never took any cool classes at, like, Otis or anything. Like, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like, nope. Like, you figure that out. There was no, I mean, high school art class was basically it. Mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. entertaining, but I don't know how much real art was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I made some good projects in uh, in high school. I don't know. I did the AP art class. I was the only one in, in there. It was just me and the teacher. And Whoa, like that's cool. Did you have a small <laughs> school or a big high school? I had a small school. Um, I went to an all-girls Catholic school called Immaculate Heart. It has a pretty oh. whole, cool history. Um, Corita Kent went there. And she, oh, wow. at least out here, is like really well known for all her like activism and oh, yeah, um, yeah. silk screening and yeah. So, yeah, the school was really enriched with like her philosophy and the arts was big and yeah. So I it was yeah it was a it was a cool um, time where it was just me and the teacher kind of making stuff. Yeah, that's a good uh, student teacher ratio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now wait, yeah, yeah. so. Here, to game the system off and with the whole public school thing, people will go to a Catholic school just to get into a good school. Were you going because of that or were you going because of the Catholic? Uh, Did you grow up Catholic? I I am not Catholic, no. Um, My parents are, I think I I was raised like Lutheran, like very loosely. Hey, that's Um, me too. Yeah. I had a vaguely, I didn't know what that means, but we were Lutheran. We didn't go to church. Yeah, same, same. We we kind of would go to church off and on, like for holiday stuff. But it stop wasn't bragging. Major. <laughs> <laughs> we never went, never. But my dad read the Bible all the time and had like quotes from like Jesus on the fridge oh. and stuff. But never went to church. Well, that's pretty okay. Well, you know, I didn't have that at home, so yeah. See, we're like we're kind of the yin yang here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So how did the Catholic school? It was just a good school. Yeah, it was a good school. It was a good school. I can't complain. I went there for like middle school and high school. And I was, uh, I kind of did it all. I did like all the arts and I did all the sports teams and just was kind of all over the place. And What was your favorite sport? Swimming. It was a big swimmer. That and cross country. The, wow, those the are very independent sports. Very fitness, <laughs> endurance based. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm still very... I, I still run all the time. Um, swimming, not so much these days, but yeah. Don't you think exercise is so important to like 
for the mind and and just to be yeah i i'm on that if i don't i get a little crazy yeah Yeah, i I have to yeah i have a crew of people that i run with here that are some artists some just friends but uh we all talk about just the the integral part of it how important it is to your health and well-being and i think part of the practice too like I don't know my painting gets off a little bit if i'm also not balanced like and properly exhausted i totally exercising agree. i think yeah. i think too it becomes or it can become almost like an addiction like if i don't go to exercise <laughs> mm-hmm. i get like withdrawals like i get freaked out about it I'm like i go okay yeah. i got it i'm not going today i gotta go tomorrow like today's really mm-hmm. busy but sometimes i find myself going when i know i need to rest like I'm worn out or something and I still go and I'm like, this is probably not good. I need to rest. But I'm like, no, I got to go. I and think runners it's get the endorphins. That runners get Oh, I de- get it's, really an, it's an addiction for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, like yeah. your legs are, no offense, your legs are falling apart and like running's not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. You're like, you're not going to I haven't had any injuries, but uh, uh, you're yeah, young. I don't push myself. You're yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not young. <laughs> <laughs> when you run, I mean, thank you. Yes. When you're running, when you're 70, and you're like, I can still do. Yeah, can you imagine? It's. Oh my god! I see the videos of these like 101 uh, year old people doing the marathons, and I am amazed. Yeah. I hope I can have some kind of stamina like that. That is amazing. That's yeah. It, yeah, I can't. I mean, I used to play soccer all the time, and these days I'm like, I've scaled back because it's it's so hard. It's so easy to get injured. As the older mm-hmm. you get, the body is just like, hey man, chill out take it easy yeah. just go to elliptical <laughs> need low yeah. impact here well i feel like running for me like i'm not lifting weights i'm not doing anything too crazy like it's very simple i don't have to pay anything i just run out my front door and then i come home and i'm done I, very I like the simplicity meditative in that sense i think it's like very yeah sort of yeah i think it's good yeah it's a good thing to do it's cool it's cool here in la because you can run through like multiple cities you know like i can start in altadena i can go to pasadena i can go over to eagle rock and then into like silver lake you know just depending yeah. on how i want to go and all along the way i'm kind of scoping things out and sometimes i'll stop and take pictures and that'll come back into my paintings like later on and oh, yeah, it's that's a great cool. little research a great way to kind of see mm-hmm. yeah yeah r&d for the paintings Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. No, wait. It's a so, big tax write-off. Well, to go back to... <laughs> reading <laughs> off running shoes. Um, <laughs> so when you were in high school, and you went to Loyola Marymount, right? Which is... Isn't mm-hmm. that a Catholic school, too? I think it's Jesuit. Is that the same? It's... Yeah, yeah. It's You're Catholic. asking the wrong guy. I, it, I know. I'm like, I think that's almost... It's is the it Jesus, um, Jesus adjacent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. know anything about... <laughs> like I said, I grew up yeah. Lutheran. I don't know what that means. Or at least yeah, that was yeah. just what my parents quote unquote were. So I don't, I don't know. It didn't stick. I don't know. But I it, think we're on the same page there. Okay. Uh, yeah. But Did yeah, you, that is where I went. It was good. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a hard school to get into? I don't know much about it to be honest. But I mean, I did okay. School. I wasn't. Yeah. I I think you know. Yeah, it's a good school. Um, I really enjoyed my time. I really hit out in the um, the radio station and the art stu- like the the dark room, like with photography. Like those were the two places I just hid. Nice for like the whole time. And uh, were you a DJ? I was, I was. Yeah, I was a DJ for a few years, and then I became the music director. And I, I just love. You did it too. I was a DJ nice. too. Nice jazz. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, but that's cool. <laughs> But it's great, wasn't it? You got all this free music, and it's such a cool oh, place I to hang out. It. It's really yes. nice. 
vinyl. It was so fun. It was such a great community. And like you could burn all, and, t- and take all the free music you wanted to. We got tickets to anything in the city for free all oh, the time. Nice. I would go to like four or five shows a week. It was so fun. Yeah. Radio, it's, I yeah. think it's under, I'm sure some people don't think they can do it or whatever, but the studio, the student radio stations were like gold mines. I mean, you I would get music. could do it. Yeah, you would get music before, like you had access to all this stuff. I guess now it's a little different with Spotify and stuff. Yeah, but I back wonder. in the day. I how much it's changed. I, no, I, just in the sense that like back in the day, like the access to all that music was so amazing, you know, because you would mm-hmm. have to buy all those CDs if you didn't mm-hmm. work at a radio station. Now you could just pay 14 bucks a month and you can listen to everything. But yeah, yeah. but there was something about like the digging and like the, the searching, you know, that totally now I'm sounding old, but I'm like, you guys, you young kids don't know. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> it's so good. It's true though. There was something great about, I mean, crate digging and finding those awesome records and stuff. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, you would go to a, like thrift stores and find records that were, Mm-hmm. really interesting I don't know it was kind of like the surprise of it that was kind of fun yeah I was a buyer at a record store too around that time and so I mean if I didn't get it at the record the, at the radio station I would get it at the record shop were you um, doing new music like new music I was just when you know, whenever anyone would bring their vinyl in I would be the the buyer right but I mean you're Not like that kind what genre of DJing was it like new music stuff or like college radio stuff? oh yeah, I mean, it was it was college radio, but college radio at that time was, I mean, it was it was everyone, you know, like all the major labels would send stuff to us. But we were, K- KXLU is the, the radio station, and it's just, it's a lot of like, it's just like underground music and right. punk. And on like the weekends, it's Alma del Barrio. It's like indie rock, yeah. but it's like the spectrum's huge. Right. It's just whatever that is, but, you know, anything that's not popular um, right. is what was like the limitations. So that's cool. You could do anything you wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have a sweet spot with music? Was there a genre that you liked more than others? No, I still am like Diverse. wide yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. I now that I have like a five and an eight year old though, and I'm a runner, I have like pop music in my life, which is really funny. Um, but that was the only one that wasn't there before. Right. <laughs> but but now I like it too. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It does. Kind of can't help it. You know, Mm-mm. it's good. Get those BPMs in. It's yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, what about so in school you had the music thing, but what about art? Was there so for undergrad? Like I said, like I would take as many electives as I could, but I was a graphic design major, so it, that was the the main focus. But yeah, once I like I mentioned, saw this friend's studio at UCLA, I decided to make a portfolio and then like really start to focus again on visual arts and I made like a painting portfolio and I applied to CCA and that's when things like really shifted in a more serious way yeah was it kind of a light bulb moment of seeing that studio of just being like whoa someone's doing this doing this I want to do it oh I mean it was like it was like inspiration and jealousy like all wrapped up in a perfect package where I was like I could I want that I can do that this is what I've wanted all along I just needed to see an example of it right you know yeah sometimes if you can't see it you don't know what to kind of strive for and it was one of those moments where i was like oh yeah this is this is what i want to do so you and wait you so you went to grad school is it cal arts or california no. arts a different sorry cal 
California College of the Arts is up in San Francisco. CalArts is down here. Right. Um, in in L. Now, uh, why did you? What made you go upstate? You know, to. It was the only school I was accepted to. That'll do um, it. So <laughs> that'll do it. Uh, but I also, yeah. <laughs> I I'd always wanted to live in San Francisco, so it felt meant to be. It felt like kismet, you know, once, yeah, once yeah. it all kind of came together. So Did you enjoy and it? I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I felt like a sponge. I was there. I was like the kid that was there at like 8 a.m. Right. and then would stay late. You know, yeah. like when half of my classmates wouldn't really be that focused, I was really... I was so excited to be there. I just wanted to spend every second painting and like just diving in deep. And I started the first week, I gave myself like parameters and a project and I really was focused and it, it did, it did me well. It was, it was good. How did you, uh, how'd you connect with your classmates? Good community or you kind of marched? Great community. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, great community. I'm still friends with a lot and a, a lot of San Francisco, like expats are all in LA now. So we have a big community yeah. down here. Yeah. Yeah, what was, and what years were you there? So I was there 2016 to 2018. Oh, wow, so not too, too long. Right when the economy tanked, like I graduated. <laughs> um, uh, it was good. Well, the scene, in, and the scene in San Francisco, my brother used to be at SF MoMA. He was a curator oh. in design. Um, and uh, I have quite a few friends in San Francisco, and you know, the, well, how did it feel like the art community there as opposed to, well, I guess in LA you weren't really dipping into the art world proper yet, so. Yeah, I can't, I can only speak to it, like now, right. um, being in the LA art scene, and it's very fresh still, because um, I've only been back like three years, but, um, and COVID years are weird, so. Those don't but anyways, count. those are like San Francisco, <laughs> yeah, they don't count. I know, I'm like, I don't know if that was one year or six, it's I'm not weird, sure. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but being in San Francisco at that time, to answer your question, was amazing. It was a really good time to be in San Francisco. There was a lot going on and a lot of artists living there. And I watched it. I was there long enough where I watched it really crumble and kind of like dissipate. It still has a lot of special people there, but it's changed a lot. Now, is it there the per- big exodus? The perception is it's like all like tech money that ruined everything. Is that is that part of it? Yeah, I, I think so. It but destroyed yeah. the the capability of a lot of people to do their thing right mm-hmm. yeah they came in and increased the rent everywhere and it flushed a lot of people out and losing those people they didn't get replenished and the schools were suffering and yeah uh, it just it kind of it took a hit it took a real hard hit but it seems like oakland is a place where a lot of good creative stuff is going on i think so i mean i when I graduated, I moved over to Oakland for a few years, and I, I moved into a storefront that I had found on Craigslist. It was like an old bike shop, and uh, I opened up a little gallery there. Oh, really? And I got to know the community. Yeah, it was so fun. It was one of the best times of my life. Like, just I ran a gallery for a couple years and did monthly shows and weekly events and music shows and dinners and all sorts of fun things. I just wanted to completely enmesh my life, like in the arts and erase the line between art and life and wow. I was afraid yeah I was afraid I would miss school and so I did this as like a way to prep myself and it was it was so fun yeah but yeah Oakland it's so f- I mean I I equally loved it like versus San Francisco yeah and the, the music scene there is pretty pretty good 
Nice. Yeah, I mean, Oakland has a lot of really interesting musicians who are there and came out of there. So I don't know if you had anything yeah. to do with that, with like you know events and stuff like that. Um, not a ton. Not a ton of music. It was more like art performers, like sound kind of scenes, yeah. like that were overlapping with visual arts. But I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what made you? Was the plan always to return? to Southern California or did that, how did that come about? I, yeah, I figured I would go back always. I mean, I love, I have, yeah, I knew I would always come back eventually. I just didn't know when, but, uh, I, yeah, I was there almost like nine years and then I started dating my kid's, uh, dad and he was like, oh, let's go to LA. And I was like, I'll go to LA. I want to go back to LA. <laughs> and ready. so we, we came back down here. I was ready. I was ready. It felt great. And then as soon as we arrived, I learned I was pregnant with our first daughter. Right, so it right into time. it. Right into it. <laughs> right into the parenting. <laughs> like, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what kind of, uh, I mean, towards the end of your undergrad and then going into grad school, what kind of work were you doing? What were you interested in making? Um, when I was in grad school, I was making work. I was really influenced by just the the nature and the history of uh, communes and just the way people were kind of coming together. And I was looking a lot at just, yeah, the history in the Bay Area of that. And I was making work where it looked like just like massive amounts of people. I would do like a drawing of Mount Shasta with like 500 figures like climbing to the top. And it was big moments with like kind of like explosive skies and it was really colorful. And they were really loaded imagery, um, kind of existential. There was like a, a this vibe where it could be a little bit dark, but it was also really hopeful. And so that was my grad work. It was um, all kind of focused around that. And it that extended for a number of years after school, kind yeah. of in the same vein. Uh, but it's in the past few years, it's gotten more personal, especially in the last like two or three years. It's gotten extremely personal, but. Uh, yeah. Was that was that work that was about, you know, the groups and that kind of vibe? Was that enhanced? I mean, because it seems like San Francisco would be, you know, a place that you could connect to the historical, you know, like the Ken Kesey kind of like mm-hmm. mind expansion, you know, people mm-hmm. flocking there to sort of like, you know, join like communes and be together and think about sort of like existential thoughts and stuff i mean was yeah did you feel the energy of that yeah oh fully it was still fully alive there i mean you would go down to hayton ashburn it was still like just traces of that or there would just be like huge music festivals like in golden gate park and it just felt you could just feel that that was still like yeah, an ethos that, that was alive that energy mm-hmm. i thought you were gonna say mm-hmm. yeah you could just go down to google and you could really feel it in the lobby oh my god <laughs> <laughs> not quite not quite <laughs> i went there a couple of times driving across the country when i was in between high school and college and we, we you know we drove across the country and got to san francisco and and the guy that i went one of the guys that i went with was a big beat kerouac you know ginsburg like into that stuff and we went to city lights and and it still had a little bit of uh, the veneer of, you know, what was happening there. Oh, but this fully. Is you know, this is way before well, tech like, stuff. You would see Lawrence Ferlinghetti just like walking around in San Francisco all the time. And he was such a presence. And 
it was so amazing. I actually saw him speak at a the San Francisco Art Institute. I worked there for a couple of years for the president as his assistant and the he gave the speech for to the graduating class one year and it was it was amazing. I mean, and I was feeling like, you know, he he died just uh what, maybe like 3 or 4 years ago now. It's uh but he was quite a presence there still. Still, yeah. That's mm-hmm. I, Yeah, it's funny how some places just like even long after that you can get the feel of it you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. the new york city is like that in some places because that's it's like gentrified and it changed in so many different ways but there's certain pockets yeah. where i feel like you could still get it you could tap into it a bit yeah i still think it's san francisco is the most beautiful city i mean i the the energy is shifted a little bit in the art scene but the the nature and the beauty of the city itself has stayed the same and it's just gorgeous it's so nice yeah there's like Hitchcock, old Hitchcock movies and like that color. Mm-hmm. And there's something really beautiful about the landscape of. Yeah, the fog. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like the Alcatraz off in the distance. It's be- totally. Beautiful. The redwoods <laughs> just like right there. Right. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. And good record stop shops. Amoeba was amazing. Very good. I remember mm-hmm. going there and just being like, man, this, they've got it. They got it all here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hippies walking around the street with their no shoes on. <laughs> looking like they're still living in 1972 yeah <laughs> it was nice it had some character yeah yeah so so you moved back down to la do you is it easy mm-hmm. since you're a lifer was it easy to like get the studio set up and get the living situation going and gosh no at that time it i well like finding out i was pregnant and like coming back and like not really having a community like that part i got like a huge painting block and i got really stuck uh, for quite some time I did like switch over to ceramics so I was just kind of working in a different way trying to like loosen things up um I was still painting too but I yeah I had to switch gears because it wasn't flowing how were you doing and, ceramics and did you have a facility I yeah I just went to a like a communal like oh, okay, community yeah, yeah. you know kind of place and took classes and then got like a membership and I would do it that way and um I, I love and I still do a lot of ceramics but um, it's great isn't it I mean I suck I love it, it. it's addicting it. yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I haven't done it in a long time, but where I teach and where I went to undergrad at Penn State, they have a really great ceramics program. And uh, just being around it is so nice, just seeing it and just, you know, I love ceramics. I don't know if you feel this way, but it was such a different way to work. You know, I yeah. can separate my mind in a different kind of way uh, and just be like really present with the, the movements in a way where like when I'm painting, like it's it's not that. I don't know. Like I have to, there's a whole other process of how to dive into painting it's totally different. much more complicated yeah totally different it's funny because they're both but, um, extremely physical but in totally mm-hmm. different ways completely yeah yeah but the beauty of ceramics is that you're it's that moment it's almost performative in that sense of like mm-hmm. you're reacting mm-hmm. in such real time like in painting you could slow it down a bit you're in control of the tempo a little more i think or maybe i was just so bad at ceramics that i was not able to control the tempo it's yeah. like the wheel just starts going and i'm like oh shoot you know but it just feels more visceral <laughs> yeah. or something you know yeah 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 well i was i'm, I'm a hand builder and actually never even did the wheel so for me it was like really s- structural oh yeah like I guess building slabs and kind of assembling things in in different kind of ways um yeah just different the flow. wheel the wheel was kind of nice i did and i've gone there several times um but I, I did a summer program in Japan and we did 
we took the students to this place called Tokoname, which is uh, one of the seven schools of ceramics there. And we got to basically like throw on the wheel, like all of those students and stuff. It was really amazing. Mm-hmm. And it had been a while nice. since I'd done ceramics. So I was like, you know what? I'm older. I'm more sage. I'm going to nail this, you know, same thing, <laughs> same shit. Like I couldn't get the thing. <laughs> That sounds like a Buddhist riddle. Like you just set yourself right. up, just I know. like yeah. And then like hmm. you know the sensei like gets up there and just like and like makes like a beautiful cup within like three seconds. And I'm like, all right, that's a wrap. I I give up. <laughs> I'll just um, buy it. Yeah. I'll just admire yeah. from a distance. <laughs> Let the pros yeah. handle it. <laughs> but it is yeah. such a nice medium. So did that help you kind of get back into painting? Like just resetting through ceramics. I'm not sure it just helped me have like busy hands and get through that point in my life transitioning into like motherhood and continuing my practice has been like an ever evolving changeling yeah where yeah I think it just I just needed time um you know I spent I think we were in LA for about three years and right before we were leaving, I was pregnant with our second daughter, and then we moved up to Portland. So I, during that time, like I did end up getting a studio, and I kind of got set up, and like right as the flow was starting to happen, and I was like making big paintings, and I was like starting to get back into it. Then my partner at the time was like, "All right, let's go to Portland," and I was like, "Oh, the hell! Like, Put the uh, kibosh like, uh, on you." <laughs> I know, and so that kind of like you know, I just it made things a little clunky again, like getting set up up in Portland and. Again, like having to find a new community. Wait, what right, was like there a reason, started. or was this just for for a new? He just wasn't feeling the LA vibe at the time, and he just was really excited about Portland, and so I followed him up there. And uh, you know, it was really enticing. We had gone up there to do like a house swap, and it was so beautiful, and it felt so much easier, yeah. and it was cheaper, and we were just enticed. So quiet you know, we and made green. It's Quiet, really pretty. Green. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has backyard gardens. I mean, I would like pickle and make jam. I like beca- I had chickens. I became a different person. I was like rural Michelle instead of like city Michelle. It was like trying on a new personality. Right. Um, and when you have kids, love- like there's something appealing about that too, right? Of like, absolutely. There's a little well, more of an ease yes. to it, or something, or I don't know. It's like, I thought. I thought that's what I wanted. Right. And then up there, I realized like pretty quickly. I was like, I'm a city person. Yeah, yeah. I miss, I miss the city. I, yeah, I, yeah. Even though I really became fond of Portland, I was really happy to come back to LA. So Wolves. when we did, he, he got tired of Portland, so we came back to LA. When do you, when do you move so. to Washington? In like a couple months, I'm not moving anymore. No, no, oh, no. Now I'm like, I'm here. This is it. You, no more moving. You dropped anchor. No more. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I'm a single parent now, so I'm. I'm oh, not going okay. Anywhere. So you're making. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that works. So, that that works. <laughs> Calling your shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So was it easier the second time to sort of like get yourself? You yeah. Know, in the rhythm. Yeah. And do you and yeah a personal question, do you live mm-hmm. where you work or do you have a separate studio? I have a studio close by, like 15 minutes away in Highland Park. Very manageable. So. 15 minutes. Yeah. 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 Little close separation, church not. and state, but not too far to make yeah. you think, I yeah. don't really feel like going, yeah. That's the bad <laughs> I've done both. I've had home studios and I've had away studios. And 
I love, I like, I like it both. I mean, it's, there's something about being in your pajamas and like walking out and being like, I'm just going to mess with this for a little bit. Like that's really wonderful. And I, I miss that. But now I'm working so much, uh, in the painting studio that when I come home, it's really nice to disconnect from that and like recharge and replenish. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't call you. You're just like, okay, I'm done for now. Yeah. Well now it's like a full-time job where I'm getting there at nine and trying to leave by like five to go get my kids. And you know, it's like, it's a full, it's a full day. And yeah. when I'm done, I'm, I'm done. I'm yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing makes you, or at least from my experience, nothing makes you punch the clock more than when you have a kid, because then it's like your time, all of a sudden your time becomes like this precious egg that you want to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. would just dilly dally. I like for years I was just wake up, my wife would go to work. Um, I and I worked at home before I had my son. I would work at home, like at a home studio. I just drink obscene amounts of coffee and just paint all day. And then I'd be like fiddling on the internet, doing some research, or like you know. And it it was just like nothing, not a care. The time just seemed mm-hmm. endless. <laughs> and then one day that changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've yeah. become so much more efficient. Like, when I go to work, Same. I go to work. I'm not going to, like, dilly-dally yeah. on the internet or anything. I just yeah. get get it done. Yeah, they bring a focus, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like when you're yeah. when they're little and you go out to eat. Like, I used to just go eat for an hour. Like, we would, my wife and I, we would just go sit and eat somewhere. And then when we, when we had a toddler, it was like there's like a grenade at the table with you and you're like, uh, like got, why even go out to no i've got yeah <laughs> so we didn't hard. do that ever pretty much but when you did it was like all right we've got about 20 minutes here <laughs> yeah you literally do you're like we're gonna as soon as you sit down you're like our order is this yeah. get out and even when it's going good you're before like, the meltdown this seems good now mm-hmm. but i know this is gonna end bad <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's be ready with the doggy bag so yeah, yeah, it's you. You really appreciate that time in the studio, you know, and then you appreciate the time when you leave and you say, "Okay, I need to turn it off for a little bit." Yeah, yeah, and that's when I go for like my long run or like you know something just to like recharge or change the energy shift. Which is also like becomes for you, it sounds like research in a way because a lot of your personal experiences, you know, put into the work. If I'm not mistaken, if what I read didn't lie to me. No, it's absolutely true. It all folds in. I mean, I think everything is folding in right now. It feels very, it's like a mix of like compulsion and drive and like the processing. And it's it's all just pouring into the work these days. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. folded in sounds a little more gentle. <laughs> Let's hope it's folded more in. folded in. Than it's crammed. It's yeah. crammed. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> it's like a, a, a stand mixer on 10. the delicate folding and i was thinking of meringue or something you know some like just gotta (laughs) fold it in gently no like you know usually our life is just all at once yeah yeah (laughs) it's like dropping mentos (laughs) and (laughs) coca-cola that's that's been the last few years that's that's the analogy yeah it's not folding in egg whites (laughs) it's like you know dropping (laughs) mentos and coke (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then the, so the work, I'm interested in this idea of, of your work. Cause I've, you know, I've looked at the, the sort of like, you know, images online of like the sort of like trying to get a history of how it changed over time, judging mm-hmm. by dates and, you know, and you get this sense of like, 
maybe a little bit of a depopulation, maybe a little bit more of like nature or looking at surroundings as opposed to the energy of like what like you were saying with like groups or like I don't know there mm-hmm. seems to be and then from what I've from some of the research it seems like you're interested in this kind of I don't want to I don't want to say new agey stuff but you know like kind of like existentialism and um, a, a relationship with nature or yeah. your surroundings that that taps into a different kind of consciousness let's say and obviously you know when you bring that stuff into the visual realm you inherently are you're commenting on it and you're also intrinsically like relating to it you know what i mean just by painting it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it seems like it's become more of a a one-to-one focus in the work yeah um i mean nature like my my rule just my internal rule to myself or the way I talk about how I depict nature is like I always want it to be bigger than the people I'm depicting in it but the experiences are this like these really they're like it's a combination of like these subtle moments where you're kind of caught off guard and it feels almost like beautifully overwhelming yeah um and how that's just really, it's like a hard thing to kind of capture. So it's, that's like the, the dragon I'm always chasing. But yeah, you know, once, once the grad school work kind of started to, to move, I mean, I, I definitely know there was like, I was starting to like look at my surroundings and in Portland, I was kind of like, like I noticed like the plants and like the nature would change and moving back to Southern California that I noticed like that shift would happen. And almost in a Charles Birchfield way, I was like painting with the seasons and I was like really capturing like what I was saying on runs, like when I'm looking at like the different flowers and the flora and fauna and the animals that are down here. But then I just started more closely watching my life and that really had everything to do with my relationship um, with my family kind of changing. Um, You know, it it took a, a pretty drastic shift and my role as a mom became really something I just wanted to look at and watching really like a lot of the viewpoints of my paintings now are like of, uh, of myself watching my children's like in a, in a landscape in this specific, like West coast, like Southern California, like many times in LA um, landscape. And they're traversing a landscape that like three generations of my family have. And they're walking down streets. that like I grew up on and my dad grew up on and my grandfather used to walk down and, yeah. and, I'm just trying to capture all these moments now that are much more personal, but they're also really human. I don't think it's very new agey. I think it's just no. Just, that was that's a pejorative. No, term, no. But but you know, it's okay. It's I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I just think it's grander. I think it's more like loose because I'm not trying to pinpoint anything. I'm really just like looking at nature and I'm looking at our role within our day to day lives and just trying to like capture something and then like by painting it like imbue it with like this poetry that it so deserves yeah i guess yeah no and it yeah. seems like a combination of that personal but then also this relationship with because you know i read where you're talking about you know plants and stuff being around before like the sort of the majestic side of the environment and that it's you mm-hmm. know been here long before we have and you know there's there's that relationship with the personal which becomes universe building in a way to because the individual and their family or their surroundings is that's like everyone's world to each of us Mm -hmm. but then there's this idea of like 
standing in front of the landscape and it's the idea of the sublime it's you know it's bigger than anything mm-hmm. and it's grand and we can yeah. never truly understand it and you stand in awe in front of it basically yeah so you know that's it's kind of like a macro micro existential um combination in a way of like talking about things that are super personal and one-to-one but at the same time talking about and you know relationship to the world or to the environment that's like unknowable and bigger than anything you know absolutely and then tie in the relation yeah and then tie in the relationship with like historical painting if you look at like the german expressionists like how they used to project their psyche onto the landscape yeah and then how that was like heightened um I think about that all the time too. You know, it's such it's such like psychological work that I'm making and it's it's imbued with like motherhood and like parenthood and kind of like watching. Yeah. Um yeah. Like I have this kind of series within my body of work right now where it's of my girls in Joshua Tree and I've been trying to take them out there like once or twice a year and we go into the national park there and we go rock climbing and it started like right when our family kind of split apart. And I remember going out there and thinking how symbolic it was, like watching them like climb these rocks with no gear. And it was so, it felt so dangerous, but they were also being so empowered. And it was about like doing hard things and like watching these like young girls, like feel strong and like overcome fear and like just do this hard thing in this like beautiful landscape. and. So, like, I keep kind of returning to this theme and, like, working with that landscape particularly. But, yeah, then there's, like, all these other threads, too, of just, like, the L.A. landscape and how those relate to, like, my family and lineage lineage and psychological lineage of, like, what's passed down through families. And, I mean, I'm interested in it all and just trying to tie it in through these threads. Yeah, that rock climbing event, you must have, like, reflected on that and been like, yeah, that's a mom win. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank goodness they didn't like fall off a cliff or something. <laughs> then you're like, oh, well, they're take good. The mom they're out. naturals. The mom out. <laughs> I'm My youngest titled herself like the Lizard King. She was like on top of a, you know, it's like seeing your kids be proud and like overcome something. Like there's really nothing like it. Totally. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you know, I think the older they get to it, it changes. It's weird. It's, it, in the beginning, it's kind of like, physical thing or like emotional things that are related and then you think like oh as they get older that's just gonna i don't know fade out and they just do their thing or whatever but then there's like all these mini victories and or or, you know Mm -hmm. our struggles that are really it's it's kind of captivating to watch and stressful but yeah but that's the combo that's that's yeah that's what makes it rewarding exactly like mentos and coca-cola that's the combo. <laughs> yeah. It's like a beautiful science experiment <laughs> with chaos. Um, so you feel, I mean, actually the other thing I wanted to ask too, like I've, I supposedly you're interested in people like Cassatt and, you know, or like painters like that, but I'm curious as like contemporary or, or people that pass, well, like what is the sort of visual inspiration that you're tapping into? I know, you're working with a lot of like fluid, you know, water-based media, right? And I, mm-hmm. I would imagine that's tapping into some ephemeral qualities of the medium. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
if you get me started on the process, like, oh, I'm so in love with the process. And it took me a while to find it because I was doing watercolor on paper and I just couldn't scale up. And I was frustrated by canvas. And I was just, I like couldn't get to where I wanted to be. Like I had the mental image of like this blooming, bleeding, like landscapes that I really wanted. And like, so I kept going to like Joanne's fabrics and like snipping little bits and like practicing on satin and, you know, all different kinds of silks and, Eventually, I found poplin, which is like yeah. what dress shirts are kind of made out of. It's like cotton poly blend. Like everything in Anyways, J. Crew. <laughs> like everything. Like everything. But it was like an epiphany for me because it, it's like watercolor paper. Yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful to paint on. And so now I just buy it in like huge rolls down in the fabric district and I'll like wrap it over a canvas that's already stretched just to give it a little like... Oh, that's cool. A little strength, a little backup. It's a little layering. And then a little layering... And then I just work like wet on wet. I have like a spray bottle and I like hold multiple brushes at the same time. And I just get everything like wet and it's so fast moving. And I'm just reacting and responding to like creating these images. And I start with sketches. I'm like drawing all the time. I have notebooks all around my house and in every tote bag I carry. And I'm always little kind of documenting little things that my kids are doing or plants I'm seeing outside. And then it all kind of comes together in this image and it changes and grows with like the way that the paint responds and bleeds. And oh, I just like, I'm so in love with the process. It's really fast paced and it's really unforgiving. And that, that part I don't like, it's really frustrating because I can't go thick. Yeah. And once you go too thick, you have to just unstretch the whole thing and start over. Right. But, uh, but it's taught me to, uh, I have to be really gutsy um, and I have to be in the right mental state where I, when I drop in to that zone of like painting, I have to have like full confidence. Cause if I make a stroke, that's like kind of just a little like weak or like unsure, like it shows and then that's it. Yeah. It's like, that's the mark. But, uh, and you have to, I yeah. would imagine you also have to be okay with like just moving on if it doesn't work. Yes. Which isn't yeah. easy. It's so humbling. <laughs> no. I mean, it's like, it's a level of like giving into that feeling if it's like really bad then you don't do it but yeah. most of the time it feels like a collaborative kind of process where i'm like okay i didn't see that coming but now i can respond to it with this and then kind of flowing yeah um, yeah yeah i mean that's the beauty uh, i think of water media is that ephemeral kind of you know it's not locked in mm-hmm. it's like living and breathing and it, it really yeah. feels like like suspended suspended time in a way you know i completely agree and i kind of just to build on that i think that's the area where like the poetry kind of comes into the work of like it being like a little bit abstract even though it's really figurative and depictive work like where it bleeds and blooms and gets a little like wonky and strange or kind of like unclear like that's where the poetry and the work lies and like the openness and like the interpretation kind of opens and i really like it for for that reason too Here's me over here taping my edges like a jackass. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that as we, as I was like getting ready for this. I was like, wow, Brian works in such a different way. But I think pre-planning with like taping and the, the, the way that you work is, is so, I could never do it. I'm so impatient. And there's something about that skill and that patience that I, I, I admire. And I just, I can't, I can't do it that way. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny because like I do digital painting and like digital sketches all the time on my iPad and I do lots of water. I've always done watercolors. I just don't show them. Hmm. Oh. 
I love it. I mean, I've, I've paint, I learned how to paint traditionally and I can, I paint in all sorts of different ways. It's just in the, you're like, I could do it all, Michelle. No, 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 not well. (laughs) Famously like, you know, average, but you know, I do love to do like watercolors and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I still do it. Like I'm always painting my wife and just doing like either like Hmm. thicker paintings or watercolors or like, you know, but I, I feel like doing that, even doing it outside of like the work I'm doing in the studio, it keeps me loose. Like it keeps me honest and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, it's, I love that stuff, you know what I mean? And, and, but I think when it, it's like a music, like I love, you know, I, I, the parallel would be, I love like improvisational jazz or stuff that like gets out there, you know, but whenever mm-hmm. I'm writing, I'm writing like songs with like the melody and the chorus and you know i'm just mm-hmm. i'm using that structure and what i'm doing but it you can get to the same place in both ways being loose or being mm-hmm. tight you know if you work it right you can you can kind of tap into similar things yeah yeah i think so it's all about just like dropping into that meditative space uh for for me i'm sure yeah I don't know. I think I think a lot of people. Well, flow state have to get to that. Is yeah, like you got to get to that flow state. Yeah, I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't even really necessarily matter what the end product is, but if you hit that zone while you're making it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. That ho- you mm-hmm. one hopes that that comes across in the work. You know, I think that's what makes this successful pieces. I I don't know. I I don't think I've gotten into like a really good flow state and had something turn out really terrible. It's the days where I'm like pushing through it and like not dropping into that meditative space that then I'm like struggling with the work. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I th- like I think you can have a a visceral reaction to a Ramon song and you can have the same thing from a Billie Holiday song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. going to be different, but you can tap into the same kind of like emotional response in a way. In much yeah. different way. It's a different way to get there, you know. You can run through the forest for, you know, three hours to get to your destination, or you can just go up in a plane and parachute out, you know? You're getting to the same place, but it's a much different ride to get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Running is better. <laughs> yeah, probably. Personally. It's safer, too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever parachuted or, like, bungee jumped or any of that stuff or ziplined? I've ziplined. I've, like, paraglided. Uh, that counts. But... Yeah, never like dropped out of an airplane or anything like that dramatic though. Yeah, I kind of want to. I think do I'm it. too old for that now. I want to do it Ooh, I can't. before before I kick the bucket. I want to do either okay. like an extreme bungee jump, like one that's huge, or jump out of a plane. Okay, okay. You down for All it? Right. I'm gonna circle back. Uh, n- no, no, no. I'm just saying, good for good for you. <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> when I was <laughs> yeah, have, fun, have a good time. When I was young, I was always the person that would like jump off the high cliff, like into the water and oh, like, you know, me. do the waterfall jumps. And yeah, I loved it when I was young, like adrenaline junkie. So you got not, it out of your not system. anymore. Yeah. I, I think I did. I think my kid, my, it's like I have kids. I'm like, I can't do that. I have kids. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'll wait until That's they That's my thing now. <laughs> it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You want to jump on yeah. a plane and have at it. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll buy you the, the thing down. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. <laughs> the voucher. Yeah. Last question. When you're in the studio... Is it quiet? Do you have rock and roll? Do you have 
oh, I have to have music going what, all the time. I mean, in this body of work specifically, like, is there a certain vibe that you have going in there? Because I could imagine it with like thinking about the work. Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I mean, I a lot of the time just listen to my Spotify like liked songs on shuffle, and I just like murder songs like by listening sure, to, yeah, to them yeah. to death. But in the last like week. A friend of mine sent me the new Florence and the Machine album, oh, wow. which kind of surprised me because I was like, is this cheesy? And then I like listened to it and there's this one song called King and it's really just about this message. She was like, I don't want to be a mother. Like, I don't want to be a wife. Like, I want to be king. And it's just all about this like super empowered f- feminine energy yeah. of just like embracing kind of like your darkness and your drive and how hungry you are and how much you want. And like, honestly, like I have been really in that zone of like making this work and it's about like self-mythologizing and just like building and reaching and being expansive and I'm like that's it that's the zone and I've just been like really feeling that right now that's cool. I mean besides that though like there's been lots of music but I'm just that's just a tidbit for the, for this week right that's been what's heavy on rotation sounds good well I'm excited yeah. to see the work for the show thanks I mean I, yeah, I won't be too. able to go to Taipei to see it but you're not gonna you're not gonna go do the twenty three day quarantine to see my show. Yeah, that would Thanks. be that would be the time Thanks. window for the whole trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what happened. Like whenever yeah. I had the show, they were like, "Yeah, you can come and stay in quarantine for two weeks, then go out and see it." I'm like, "That would be as long as this trip is gonna be." So yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, next time. Say love Yeah. Um, what about people checking out your work? What's the best way? Um. Well, there's out? a. I have the Instagram, um, which is, that's everything these days. That's like the only place I update. But well, right now I have a your, show. What about your TikTok? I don't, you don't have, have a, any no? Of, I have no TikTok. <laughs> I've never had Twitter. I'm just, yeah, I'm just stand with the gram. Just Got it. Right there. Yeah, yeah. we're there, right? We hit that. <laughs> that was like our cap for social media. I'm like, this is all I'm doing. I don't have anything else in me. Like, yeah. this, is, this is it. Yeah, that takes up enough time already. But, um. Yeah, if people want to see it, it's there. But I have, uh, I'm in a group show right now at Blum and Poe here in LA. Nice. That'll be up to like mid October. Um, and then the show that we're in. What's the, oh. oh yeah, just real quick on the Blum and Poe. What's that show? Do you know the title of it? Yeah, it's called When the Sun Loses Its Light. It's really a beautiful show about memory, um, nice. all based around someone passing away while they were getting their EEG, their like brain scanned. Yeah. They, they passed away, and for the first time ever, doctors were able to see what happens in, like, the last minute what the hell? of life. Whoa. That your memory sensors are just, like, flashing all around. And so, really, you are seeing your life, like, flash before your eyes, like, as you That's die. crazy. It's pretty crazy. It's a beautifully themed show. I couldn't really imagine being invited to do something more apropos. Like, it's just, it's so good. Um, That's great. But, yeah. Yeah, so really, really happy to be in that show. Um, and then uh, Volary Gallery. We're, we're in the in show in together. Dubai. We're in a show together, so that's up. That's open since last week. And then... Um, and I believe we're both not going to that one either. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't get my ticket. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Wasn't able to do that, yeah, unfortunately. I know, I had another show just open in Tel Aviv, and the, they, they asked me to come out, and I was like, oh, I want to do this, but this deadline yeah. is getting me. But um, but that's up at the um, Nasima Foundation in Tel Aviv, and that's that's up for the rest of the month. And nice. I have 
next week at um, Freeze, uh, Freeze has this Cork Street project in London, and uh, my gallery here in LA, Wild and Cran, we're doing a, a project there that I'm excited about too. Nice. So that'll be another group presentation. So yeah, I got a handful of things and you're going busy. on and busy, busy, busy and happy. Busy is a good thing, right? Yeah, grateful for this life. It's a good one. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. It was great to talk. Yeah, it was really nice to meet. Thank yeah, you thanks for inviting for, me. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, my pleasure.